Welcome to Quality Perks, the podcast that not only delves into the intricacies of contact center quality management, but also uncovers the personal stories of industry leaders. Brought to you by BPA Quality, your trusted partner in enhancing customer experiences. I'm hitting go live. And that's it. I think we're live in the studio, as they say. Maybe that, Karen, I think that might be our uh, our opening as we seem to be starting our shows that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's nice. And we're off. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Morning, morning. Welcome to another episode of Quality Perks with BPA. My name is Neil Eggers, and as always, we have Karen Dupree, and we're joined today by David Blackwell, president and one of the founders of BPA. Welcome, David. How are you today? You too? We're all right. Fantastic. We have more coffee on the way. So as usual, we'll start out. uh, Karen, you had a mission from last week, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I went and got some coffee. I got myself some ground coffee and it was it's called uh, coffee before talkie. And so I went to go use it, make some coffee this morning. And I just got a new Keurig for my for Christmas. And I didn't realize it didn't have my own my little K cup in there. So I'm not able to make it that one today. So I did already have some peats. Not Pete from the UK, but it's called Pete. <laughs> but it's a light roast coffee that is light, sweet suggestions of passion flower and stone fruit. Now, let me tell you about my, my machine here. Since this is a Keurig type of K-cup, it comes with a little scanner there. Well, when I pop this in to my machine, it actually asked me, would you like to brew it based on how it should be brewed according to Pete's coffee? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, my God. This is an app based. This is this is an app based coffee machine. Exactly. I could actually, if I wanted to set it up and just have a cup there and I could sit at my desk and click on make myself a coffee and I could choose how hot I want it how strong I want it, um, how much I want, if I want a 12 ounce, what have you. But, We've come a yeah. long way. It's amazing. David, what, do you, what's, uh, what is in your mug this morning? Well, it's, I'm afraid it's not coffee. It's actually tea. It's Mumbai chai uh, today. Um, so um, I find that's, that's really good in the morning for waking you up. It's a nice strong tea. I like coffee, but I'm more into coffee perhaps once I get through, you know, through the morning, this sort of halfway through the morning. But uh, I like sure. the first first thing. I like that. Uh, my wife's grandmother always used to say there's two ways of making tea, the wrong way and the right way. And so <laughs> <laughs> the right Sounds way is straightforward. Yeah, the right way is with boiling water. It has to be boiling. It can't be just warm or hot. It's got to be boiling water and and it's got you've got to allow it to kind of um, you know, sort of brew for a while before you actually touch the stuff. So there you go. 
Now, how many, last week we talked about uh, coffee consumption throughout the day. So you'll have tea and about how many cups of caffeinated either tea or coffee will you have throughout the average day? Probably about three or four, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then by the evening, I'll be bouncing off the walls usually, you know, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I've had so much coffee that it doesn't, I could probably have a cup of coffee at six, seven o'clock and it wouldn't keep me up once, once nine o'clock hits. Everyone makes fun of me. I go to bed early. That's the okay. way it works. Okay. I've got, uh, what am I, I've got uh, Jackhammer coffee today from Independence Coffee Company. So it's from Texas. So that's very wow. good. I like it. Out of my father's coffee mug. Okay. I was given those. Did you find so that's enough coffee talk for today, I think. I said, did, you, did your father know that, he, that you've got his coffee? He back? did. He did, actually. So my brother and I, we both have these coffee cups that have been in the family forever, and they've been handed down to generation to generation. So okay. it's nice to have something from our childhood. Okay. Uh, so our theme for today is uh, what is contact center or call center quality monitoring. We wanted to kind of pose that question today as we continue our series of really discussing all things contact center. So those of us, uh, those of you who are new to uh, our new series here, what we're attempting to do is kind of take a journey through uh, quality monitoring, contact center quality monitoring, and the different uh, avenues that it can, can be used uh, to support uh, the agents, uh, look at proactive business intelligence, uh, and more importantly, you know, kind of shine a light on the importance of it and when used correctly, what it can do to, to impact uh, not only agent behaviors and supervisor capabilities, but also uh, finding opportunities for success in the contact center that aren't always readily available on a, on a contact center form. So that's really what we're here to talk about today and uh, ask David to, to join us to kind of share his thoughts on contact center quality monitoring. So David, we'll, we'll pose that question to you first and start our conversation from there as to uh, over over your years and working in, in contact centers and, and of course, with, with BPA as, as a founder and, and president, um, what are your thoughts on contact center quality monitoring and where it fits uh, in the world today? Well, uh, I guess if we were to be completely um accurate as if we were writing a description for a dictionary i, I think uh, qu quality monitoring is just the act of actually listening to a call you know and uh, um and and perhaps you could extend it to actually providing a score to that call but um obviously the idea of quality if we talk about uh, you know uh, quality monitoring in a broader sense it's all about um improving the customer experience, improving the way that um, the agent interacts with the, the client and so on. Um, many, many years ago, when uh, when we were first setting up BPA, um, we, we started as a training company and we were sort of going to people and saying, you know, we can change the world for you. And so pretty soon we realised a couple of things. Number one, that um, the things that we were training there was no evidence that, that that actually resulted in any 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 different to the customer. You know, we you know saying be polite, you know, and so like and stuff like that. And um, so the first thing that occurred to us was really we needed to get some evidence of, of what influenced the customer in any interaction. And uh, we went that started that going down that route by starting some research into that. 
Um, and the second thing we, we kind of occur to us is that if you train people, it's not just enough to train them. It's a bit like a football team. They need constant feedback on their performance. So the whole idea of quality monitoring in our book is actually, uh, you know, may, helping people improve what they do. And uh, quite often when we get initially contacted by a client, uh, they kind of think that what they're doing perhaps is outsourcing somebody to listen to the calls, which is what we're, we're doing. But it's, it's really only a means to an end. The real purpose of what we're doing is the idea that we we can improve the customer experience. Um, the second thing that I think is really interesting when we started all this, we went. I went to see a client one day, and uh, he there's like a call contact center with about five hundred people in it, and uh, we're in this guy's office, and he said, "I said, how can we help you?" And he said, "Come with me." And he took me out. We weaved our way through all these massive people. And uh, there's a guy just sitting there, and uh, and he said, "Did you see him?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "That's that's Robert Brown." He said, "I want you to get everybody else in the place to do what he does because he seems to have this way of interacting with the customers, or that it's just unique. He manages to get better sales, happier people. His calls are quicker than most other people." He said, I don't understand it. I want everybody to do what he did. He does. So uh, in a nutshell, um, I guess quality monitoring is, is two things. It's actually helping people to improve. And then for us, it's really understanding how you do that. You know, how do you make everybody into a Robert Brown, if, if you want? You know, and it's certainly not by scripting. It's mm -hmm. more about the outcome of the call. What does... Robert Brown do that produces an amazing outcome to the call. And uh, and that's been our quest now for a number of years. And uh, I can't remember the Greek philosopher said, you know, um, uh, you know, the definition of wisdom, wisdom is knowing that you don't know everything. And and I think mm. we've always, our, our mission as a company has always been to understand more and more and more about how we can help people improve what they do and how we can, you know, make the customer experience more. That's a long-winded answer to your customer <laughs> question. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I was just thinking about, you know, with these conversations that we've had over the years and, uh, you know, that particular agent and how do you make an entire contact center full of individuals uh, exhibit the same type of successful behaviors uh, that a group of agents do. And I think that that's a neat, um, tool or useful tool um, when you can get snippets, you can get different behaviors of example, examples of those positive behaviors and then develop them into training material because what works for one agent may not necessarily work for another or what works for one company may not work for another company, but at, the, at its core, it's really that outgoing, exceeding customers' expectations, the, the knowledge that the agent has and the comfort when they are knowledgeable. Um, one of the things I, I always talk about is only two things that really change at a contact center agent. And one, that's their knowledge of the of the product that they're supporting and the knowledge of the customer, depending on the complexity of the tool. The, the customer may, they know they have a problem, but they can't explain it. It's just something's not working. That agent needs to have that comfort in their own knowledge to be able to dig deeper, ask exploratory questions to identify what the problem is. Or in a sales environment, it's being comfortable to ask 
questions to get to what the customer needs or use uses or what could benefit them moving forward. Um, and that, you know, the example that you gave of that one agent, I bet that's what he did really well. He asked questions, he was able to understand or pull out of the customer what their particular issue was. I think, yeah, you, I, th I think you're spot on there, Neil. Um, I, I, I guess that um, you, we all know people, even in our ordinary lives, that are very good at talking to other people, don't we? They, they, they kind of got this innate ability to understand where the other person's coming from and, and actually relate to it and say the right words at the right time in the right mm -hmm. way. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a successful agent does that, you know, and, um, but you know, one thing we, we, in all our kind of quest for, you know, you know, how do you get the perfect, how do you make the perfect call? How do you get to, 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 to a call where, when the customer gets off it, they think, God, that's amazing. That, that was really incredible. You know, I, I, I quite often call Delta and they got one question at the end of, you know, of, of the, in their survey is if, if uh, rating at this call on a one to five, what would you, how would you rate this agent? Would you employ this agent? You know? And um, I think it's quite, that's quite an interesting question because it's all about the outcome of the call. And and one of the things that we found as on our quest is people try to script people sometimes and they, they focus on behaviors and, and so on. But it, if you do this, this, and this, this will produce an outcome of call. And it, to some extent, it will. But the thing that's really interesting for me is that the outcome of the call is different by customer. By you know, if you talk to a New Yorker, they certainly want a different interaction than, than you get in Florida, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, and the same with different businesses. And I think one of the things that we've arrived at now after many years is the more information that we can get on somebody's business, the more likely we are to be able to enable to help that, that our client on that journey. So if we if we understand um, as much as we can, it's easier to produce an outcome of the call. And if, if you instead of measuring what goes on in the call, if you measure what the outcome is, I think that's a driver. You know, if, if, if you can get people off the phone feeling this was an amazing call or that they, they've bought something off you, that's what we're after. It's not so much how they do it. You can help people do that. You can help pe people understand how to play the game. But really, the, the focus is, is how do you get them to, to produce that, that amazing outcome? And sure. so how you do that, what, what you listen to and how you how you coach people really is, is, is in, our, in my opinion, needs to be focused on that. How do you produce that outcome? And depending on, on your business, you tailor, you tailor what, however you do that to produce the outcome. Sure. And, and I think that understanding the customer's business or the totality of how they operate and that quality effectiveness audit that you're referring to, where we can really look at the whole process of what's it like to be an agent? What's it like to be a supervisor? What's it like to be a trainer? What's it like to be a manager and executive at our different customers or prospects and understanding how their daily business intertwines to producing that outcome? How do they get to that? And understanding all of those little individual parts 
Yeah. Really is what I, one of the things that you say all the time is quality is not about just checking boxes. It's understanding, right? I'm just, you know, I, it's, it's your, it's, it's your, 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 how you describe it, but it's, it's understanding that totality of a, of a quality process. I hope I'm doing it justice, um, but it's not just checking boxes. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember listening to an agent one day and, and, uh, you know, the, there's the company we're working with had this kind of process that when you uh, when the call came in and the customer said what their problem was and then and then the response to that was I can help you with that or even better I can certainly help you with that but there was one guy I was listening to I remember a customer called in he had quite a complex problem and uh, and and uh, gave gave the, the agent what the problem was and the agent responded with saying oh my god you've got problems there. <laughs> and it, but it, it really and, and another I think another part of what we do and I, I'm always amazed is that we take people that have got a brilliant personality and we then we try to force them into a box and put words into their mouth you know and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's how you can kind of take someone's personality and actually turn it into something that's amazing and creates a customer experience for you you know so and right, and those things that you play by, you know, that if you do this, it's better than doing this, and you know, and and you know, one of our rules has always been, you know, you just focus on what you can do. The customer doesn't hit, want to hear what you can't do, so exactly. um, it's interesting. But um, yeah, ultimately, yeah. it's the agent needs to be able to listen, yeah, and and, and respond as personalized, in in my opinion. And also, it's outside of that script, you know, you putting them in that box, like you mentioned, and but if you really allow your agent to show their personality and be able to engage with that customer and listen, once you stop and you listen, that's when you're going to find out what is the ultimate issue and be able to solve that issue and uh you know and give a quality uh customer experience there it's interesting karen you know um there's listening and there's listening isn't there i can mm-hmm. listen and i can hear what you say but there's listening and understanding and i don't mean and you know like I, I quite often observe you karen when we're you know when we're working together mm-hmm. um you, you you don't say a lot sometimes but when it, you say something, it hits a target, and um, it's not. It's it's really understanding where the other person's coming from, and you do it pretty well. You know, when we're we're having meetings and that kind of thing, you do that pretty well. In in, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Oh, you're so terrible! Just <laughs> constantly running my mouth, and most of it misses the mark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It's listening and listening, isn't it? You know. uh, Absolutely. It's kind of like what what you listen to. You like I listen to my husband, but then I listen to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Just one more question for you, Mr. Blackwell. So, that what was the genesis? You touched on it a little bit, but the, the beginnings of BPA. So, you know, started as a training company and then you you, you realized that you needed to monitor or, or validate what you were training to, to see if the, the agents uh, stuck with it. But 
where, where did the company start? So, uh, you know, obviously Karen and I know this, but for our viewing audience, what's the, yeah, uh, the, the quick historical version of, uh, of the company and why you started it? Well, well, first of all, we started, we had, we got a, together a group of people. And I must, at the time, I think there was three or four of us. And, uh, you know, we've all been involved in contact centres and we'd all observed what, what, you know, the way that contact centres operate and the, the way they're managed and all that kind of thing. And we, decided, we thought, we set up a company that's different from other companies. We wanted, you know, to, even from the point of view, we wanted people to enjoy working with us, you know. And we wanted to do all the things that perhaps other companies didn't do. So from a company culture, we, 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 we spend a lot of time understanding how people in our company work, you know, and, and operate. And we don't put people in boxes. We don't really have job descriptions. What we do is we use people's abilities in the best way we can. So, um, you know, if somebody's got some talent in some way, we, we direct them in that direction. And I, I mean, at that stream, I remember many years ago, we took on this lady to be a trainer. And she, <laughs> and she had all the qualifications, but she turned out to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> but, she, but she was great at marketing. She was great with words and written words and things like that. And she, we, we channeled her in that direction. And and that's that's our philosophy, really. We we want people to enjoy what they do. We we're a team. We're a family. We you know we look after each other, um, and we use each other's talents to best effect. You know, and so. From a company culture point of view, we we feel that you know we've got something unique, and we and we're lucky really because the the people that we've got working for us work for a number of years. We've got you know they don't come and go. We you know they work for us year after year. Our analysts, uh, data journalists, uh, people like that. I mean, Neil, how long you've been with us? Ten years. Uh, Karen, I think I'm almost thirteen. So, you know, that, and that's pretty, pretty typical. We get people join us. They like working with us. They find that they can have a, you know, a, a, a career where they, they can, within BPA, they can grow, you know. So, um, but most of all, I think what we get from it is the relationship we build with our clients, you know, because most of our clients are long-term. Again, we get, most of our contracts go on for year after year after year. We become part of the culture of their client's company we're outside we provide this independent view of what they're doing and but we also provide the expertise to help them move forward you know and uh, we become part of their company but as a, providing it an, an external view and i know all our guys get an incredible buzz from actually achieving results for our customers so you know um, it's not just doing it it's the results we can achieve for you Absolutely. Actionable results. Yeah. Well, well, David, thank you for your time today. Karen, as always, uh, thank yep. you for your time as well. Uh, we'll be thank back you. here at this same time next week. Um, we haven't decided which way we're going to go with our next featured guest. We may uh, bring in some of our outcomes teams, data journalists, as David was referring to. We may bring in uh, some of our senior account managers to talk about the relationships that uh, David was just talking about that we always forge with our customers uh, so that we do become an integral part of their uh, of their day to day. We one of the things we always talk about is that we don't want to be referred to as as a third party providing our services. We're we're a member of their staff. We're that that door down the hallway that you pop into and 
and brainstorm and come up with new ideas to, to move the business forward. So we haven't decided which way we'll go with that, but uh, we'll be back here this time next week. And thanks everyone for your time. And if you have any questions, if you're watching a recorded version of this, uh, please leave some comments and uh, or questions and uh, we can have those answered uh, either by Karen or myself, or uh, we can bring in David to, to answer those questions as well. Uh, but thank you for your time and uh, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye everyone.